So we're going to be doing things a little different today and kind of atypical. Normally there's a communion meditation. We're one of those churches that celebrates communion every Sunday. We're going to actually talk about that. And so normally there's a communion meditation. We have communion. And then there's a what they call a sermon or you know talk afterwards. Uh, Ryan texted me um, yesterday about 2 p.m. Stuck in China. Dot, dot, dot. Internet's bad here. Dot, dot, dot. Can't get a hold of a guest speaker. Dot, dot, dot. Will you, question mark? Of course, this yesterday I, um, I was in uh, Solvang doing my 100-mile uh, bike ride. And so I got this text on the way home at about 3, 3 p.m. Going, okay. So I got home. So I go, I can expand out the communion meditation a little bit. Um, to, so, this is, so this will not be a communion meditation. This will be a communion sermonette followed by communion. Let's do that. Okay. Um, and I, I agree with Claudia. I miss uh, Ryan and Andrea immensely. Um, his, uh, their energy that they bring, uh, their freshness, you know, that they bring. Uh, and freshness and creativity is something that the church uh, desperately needs today. Um, Okay, so what I want to do is um, I want, uh, my wife and I uh, watched a movie on Netflix the other day, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Has anybody seen that movie at all? Okay, so we're, huh? Man, that's right. Queen's music is right, huh? Uh, so we had to rob it from my daughter. You know, she actually gets the, um, she goes, I just watched it. It's amazing. So before she put it in the um, mail to send back, she goes, you want to watch it? Yeah, we do. You know, I mean, Queen, even though I'm an old dude, is right down my wheelhouse. You know, like, you know, I, I can sing along with those songs, you know. So um, this was last week. And so I want to... Um, so I don't, I mean, it's kind of a spoiler alert a little bit. Um, uh, I'm going to, what I want to do is I want to do a little commentary on the movie, number one. And number two, I want to put, I want to stand beside that commentary, um, an exhortation of the Apostle Paul uh, in preparation for communion and, uh, and, and for us to reflect upon. Is that okay with everyone? Okay. So the, the movie um, portrayed is, was portrayed as a uh, tribute and an expose of Freddie Mercury, um, the lead singer and songwriter of the greatest, I think, and most innovative rock group bands of all time. Go Queen. Okay. So um, most of us know of the difficult life and tragic death of Freddie Mercury. Uh, But Queen's music uh, was a genre crossing, so I'm talking about the Queen, the band's music together, was as genre crossing as Freddie Mercury was gender crossing. 
And I loved it, so I was looking forward to a musical experience. My wife and I sat down, and, and it was certainly that. If you like Queen music, you've got to see it. Which, I, I mean, so I got all the music, it was great. But what I wasn't ready for was how religious the movie was. Now, for those of you who've seen it, you, I, you might be looking at me, which movie did he watch? What planet is he from? But I perceived it as an extremely religious movie. And his life as a very religious life. Okay, so let me make my case, can I? Um, so he was raised in a Zoroastrian tradition. How many of you even even heard of Zoroastrianism? Okay. There are still Zoroastrians out there. That tradition is hundreds of years older than Christianity. That tradition... um, uh, Freddie absorbed the high ethical stance of Zoroastrianism, but his interests and his self-identification could not be contained in such a dualistic framework. Represented, for those of you who saw the movie, in the strained relations between him and his father at the beginning of the movie. So the movie, on one level is a tale of discovery of his sexual orientation and the destructive route of that discovery and finally making space for both his um, sexual orientation and his religious tradition. A religious movie? Does that sound like, does that sound like a religious theme? Okay, this is coming from someone. I, did, I wrote a 250-page book on uh, Batman as an American um, uh, religious icon. Okay, so, so just keep that in mind. To put everything in context, okay. Uh, one copy was sold, by the way. I bought it. Okay. In my library. Which I'd be happy to rent to you. No, okay, we'll talk later about that. On one, oh, on on another level, okay. So, <laughs> uh, okay, I'll pay you later for that comment. On another level, the movie is a story of the ideological, I would say, religious or theological foundations of what made Queen the group special. Not unique. There are other bands that have done this. I'm thinking of the Grateful Dead and some others. But, but what made Queen special? Queen was not a band. Queen did not perceive themselves primarily as a band, but as a fictive family. They were a band, uh, yeah, where their relationships transcended or actually contributed to their creativity for music. So when Freddie leaves the band for a couple of solo albums 
the band is shaken to its core, right? For those of you, again, to see the movie. And it's during this time that Freddy undertakes his most destructive behavior. And probably during that time was when he contracted AIDS. Meanwhile, the music industry was putting together a live aid concert. How many remember that live, actually, that live aid concert? Okay. Us old dudes. Okay, very good. Um, with all the great, the great bands, the benefits were, were, were to go to address world hunger. It was a huge, huge, huge event. It was at this point of rock-bottom despair that Freddie reaches out to his fictive family and other members of the band. The, 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 the fictive family is the other members of the band and the manager. He learns of this once-in-a-lifetime concert opportunity. He knows his life has a, has a, has a near end date. They had not developed any uh, uh, resources to address the AIDS epidemic at that time. Uh, so late in the movie, there's this scene uh, in the manager's office, a powerfully religious scene where he repents to the band and asks for their forgiveness. They kind of joke with him. They kind of play him, you know, a little bit. No, no, no. But ultimately, um, they reconcile. He goes in, he goes on to state an insight that he learned the hard way. He tells the band that he cannot make it on his own. (laughs) That they truly are his family. And it's in relationship with them that makes him a better person. He goes on to say that They need him. And from this point on, they operate as a unit, a family, with no one above the others. Everyone makes the same salary. No one's above the other. And of course, you know, they go on to the Live Aid concert and they knock it out of the park. Once again, I love the music. Okay. So I think it's a very religious movie. So I want to put this story next to an orientation of the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, an exhortation of the Apostle Paul. Now, can anybody guess what exhortation I'm going to compare to this story? Can anybody guess?
1 Corinthians 12, after Paul states that everyone in the community has a gift, an ability, a place. He says in verses 12 and 13, I'm quoting here, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Now, what does this mean? So I'm going to be a little political here just for a moment. A couple of weeks ago, the Methodist church voted to exclude gays from their churches. And this is based on a creation story, a story of Sodom, purity codes that no Christian today observes in entirety. And two ambiguous words in Paul, uh, by Paul in Romans that are so rare that scholars will be debating the meaning of these words into the next century. But Paul says all are baptized into the body of Christ. So after establishing the inclusive nature of the Jesus communities, um, I don't like even calling the word churches because church has so much baggage with it. Jesus communities are communities who seek to live out Jesus' concept of God's rule amongst amongst themselves and their neighbors. He goes on to explain to the community at Corinth what those practices might look like. If the foot should say, this is verse 15, because I'm not a hand, I I do not belong to the body, that would make it Uh, Would that make it any less a part of the body? Now, Paul Paul does not invent this metaphor. This is a metaphor that was used by Roman Roman uh, rhetorics for um, you know uh, before his time. But it's a very it was a very powerful metaphor um, at at his time. It's still a powerful metaphor. And if the ear, and, and if the ear should say, okay, hold on here. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. What would what would make it any less a part of the body? But as it is, and so he kind of summarizes. I'm not going to read the whole part, but you can read that. But he summarizes in verse 18 a little bit. But as it is, God arranged the organs in the body. Now, he's still working off that metaphor, right? Each one of them as he chose. If all, verse 19, if all were a single organ, 
Where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. On the contrary, verse 22, the parts of the body which seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body which we make less honorable, uh, uh, I'm sorry, that we think less honorable, we invest with the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more more presentable parts do not require. So now here's another summary. But God has so composed the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior part, that there may be no discord in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And then verse 26. If one member suffers, all members suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice Together. So as we come to communion, let me just summarize a little bit. If we want to put into practice what it means to follow Jesus... this would be a good place to start. Would you not agree? The church affirms the sacredness of all creation. It affirms God's love for all the world. God so loved the world. And it certainly affirms all who seek to enter the struggle of what it means to follow Jesus in this complex and troubled world. So the invitation for communion and the conclusion of this little um, sermonette (laughs) uh, so the invitation to partake in communion at this church is an invitation to all None are excluded. All are embraced as equal partners of his gracious gracious gift of life. I almost want to say shame on the on the Methodist Church. And the Presbyterian Church that is getting ready probably to do the same thing. It's our custom here to um, who's who's come. Oh, we've got Sir Andy coming up to do the uh, to do the honors. So as you know, uh, oh, and uh, okay, very good. And so uh, please um, come up. 
take a piece of bread, dip it in the in the uh, in the grape juice, and let you and this just to know that this represents our bond of unity that we all, all of us are children of God. May God bless everyone this morning. Thank you very much. Baby.